0: Each year, hundreds of federal employees get to participate in an intensive single day of education, courtesy of American University. Classes cover everything from cyber policy to career planning. Joining me in studio with more on the topic of continuing education are Vicki Wilkins, the dean of AU's School of Public Affairs. Dr. Wilkins, good to have you on.
1: Good morning, Tom. Thanks for having us.
0: And Patrick Malone. And Patrick Malone, director of AU's Key Executive Leadership Programs. Patrick, good to have you in again.
2: Good morning, Tom. Good to see you.
0: All right. So tell us about this single day that you just had a couple weeks ago and hundreds of people came to AU campus for free.
1: Yeah. So this started last year during the shutdown. The school and university wanted to do something to reach out and show our gratitude and support for federal workers. And so we hosted a day of classes without quizzes. Usually our students have quizzes, but these students were not going to get quizzes, but what they got was a day of workshops to come to campus and have community together and learn some new skills or hone skills they've uh, already had. And that first year, we, during shutdown, we had 400 people come to campus. And so we decided to do it again. So we planned it for a Friday. We had done a survey and federal workers said, well, come if you do it. And we had nearly 200 register and come and be with us last Friday to do this.
0: And, of course, you mentioned in passing that this first took place during the shutdown, which was early in 2019, correct?
2: That's correct. And, in fact, it was uh, it was pretty interesting because during the shutdown, uh, I'm sitting in my office and I get this text from, from Vicki that says, hey, by the way, on Monday we're going to do this thing called Classes Without Quizzes. And I think this got organized within about a seven seventy day. Seven <laughs> it was like within a week or just a few days. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, and, and it, it was – there were so many people that enrolled, we had to shut down the enrollment and then reopen it because of the interest. So it was it was uh, very quick to design, but it turned out really well.
0: And notwithstanding that it's free and it's a convenient time and place, but beyond that, though, do you think that it indicates a real thirst for continuing education on the part of federal managers?
1: Absolutely, uh, we see that time and time again. Not only in this program, but of course, the interest and business we have in our key executive leadership program, we know that agencies, federal workers, managers are looking to have employees gain new knowledge, and so we look to match that need in the School of Public Affairs. So what we find is, you know, people come from all different agencies to the day. They come in and they learn skills, and it's so nice to hear them talk about how they're going to take those skills back and introduce them in their agency. Uh, and be part of that. We heard that particularly around the podcast uh, class that we offered, and that they really felt like that was a skill they could take back and help their agency do something innovative on that issue.
0: Skill in podcasting.
1: Yes. Yeah, we're fortunate. We have Ron really Elving. We really
0: 21st century kind of activity, isn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah. We have Ron Elving from NPR is on our faculty well, with us. we can us. do you
0: better than that.
1: Maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. But he has come to teach us uh, uh, that's fair. But he has come and offered this course uh, two years for two years now, and it's been very popular. Patrick does a great seminar on kindness, which has also proved very popular as, you know, the skills we give are both those that you might expect from hard skills, but also the things that we know make a workplace better. And, you know, kindness is one of those issues.
2: Yeah.
0: Tell us more about that, Patrick, because kindness, when you think about the federal employee viewpoint scores, the best places to work in government the ceaseless cases of sexual and other forms of harassment, the OSC parade of cases, Office of Special Counsel. I mean, kindness, it sounds like, is something we need, and it's not just a soft, nice-to-have thing.
2: You know, it's really not, and, and in fact, Tom, one of the things that we've seen in the research over the years is that toxic behavior in the workplace has grown so much, and it has a direct negative impact on innovation and creativity and one of the things that we like to talk about in the program is we talk a great deal about how kindness and compassion not only makes it easier to connect person to person, but also the organizational mission is much easier to accomplish. I mean, one of the things I say often to our federal leaders is look, you're not in the kind of job where you're going to be able to go to your desk and sit down and straighten everything up and close the drawers and go, all caught up, man, I'm feeling good. Because you're never going to be caught up. You're never going to have the resources. You're never going to have the money. It doesn't matter. And so what we need to be able to do is tap into the heart and souls, which is really what leadership is, is to tap into the heart and souls of the people that we lead. And we do that through kindness and compassion and connection.
0: We're speaking with Patrick Malone. He's director of the American University Key Executive Leadership Program and with Dr. Vicki Wilkins, dean of AU School of Public Affairs. And let's talk for a minute about the Key Executive Leadership Program. I've said that phrase many times on the show because Bob Tobias, one of your longtime professors and rainmakers for that program, is on as a regular guest, but I don't really know that much about it. Tell us more about the Key Executive Leadership Program.
1: So what you hear nowadays is a lot of folks are talking about how to fulfill this gap in lifelong learning and to meet the need of learners throughout their careers. But this isn't new to AU. Actually, we have the great benefit of having a long-standing, highly, uh, you know, uh, Respected program that goes and provides training to federal leaders. And this program, you know, allows people to come in as individuals for a master's degree, but then also to come in in cohorts for a certificate program. It's been fantastic. If you look throughout the federal government, you'll see key alums there leading and doing great work. And it's all really thanks to, you know, the idea and innovation of Don Zotter and Bob Tobias, and now the great leadership of Patrick to make sure that we're out there and people are taking advantage of the program.
2: And who was Key? Who was Key? Oh, you know, this is so funny, Tom, because I interviewed Don Zotter. Don passed away, unfortunately, about 15 months ago, but we interviewed him for a podcast in the Key program once. And I asked him, I said, so, Don, how did you come up with the name Key? And in his very dry, cynical, kind of witty sense of humor. He leaned back and he said, "You know, I don't know. I guess I was hoping it would be key to something." Yeah. And that was how we came up with the name Key. But but as Vicky said, we've got about 4,500 graduates out there. We do a lot with the SES CDP programs, uh, with various organizations, various agencies, and SES and uh, mid-level type folks. But it's a it's a terrific mission. I mean, we have such admiration and and love for the people that deliver civilization to us every day. And that's what our mission is.
0: Well, you hit the right notes with Key. And talking about federal employees and especially managers who often claim they don't have the time, especially for things like continuing education. And of course, agencies often cut training and education. But I don't like the word training. I think you train SEALs, as Stanley Marcus said, and you educate people. But that idea of continuing education is hard to find time and money for. What's the case that you make for people to come up to AU and similar programs and get that education they need?
2: Well, the case that we make is that in an environment that we're living in and working in today, which is very volatile and very uncertain, the only and the best way to tackle the challenges that we face is through changing the way we think. And that's simply by adjusting the way we see the world, addressing unconscious bias, addressing emotional intelligence, addressing vulnerability. And whenever we're able to reconnect in the workplace at that level, we're able to really foster creativity in in the hearts and minds of the men and women who work in the public service. And that's what's going to get our missions accomplished. The best organizations do this. The FPVS scores will show that the best organizations are organizations that have climates of trust. And th- And here's the other thing. You know, we focus a lot sometimes on IQ. And IQ is great, but we know that pretty much everyone that's successful in their career has an IQ that's about a standard deviation above the norm. So that means that everyone is about as smart as everyone else. So once that's there, it doesn't really matter anymore. What really matters isn't that you know the federal acquisition regulations. It's that I may know the federal acquisition regulations, but I can connect with the people I'm leading. They trust me. They know that I have empathy for them. And this is something that all of us want as human beings, not just as public servants.
0: And beyond that, though, Vicki, there is the need for management to understand some of the highly technical fields that they're dealing with and overseeing, even if they're not practicing it. I'm thinking of artificial intelligence, robotic process automation. These are things that agencies are doing in pursuit of their missions. It's not just an arcane back office type of activity. And so can leaders learn enough about those things without having to become practitioners, but so that they can manage them effectively?
1: Absolutely. The best leaders are those that have some understanding of the technology or, or the you know more fine-tuned skill, but then also layer onto that these leadership skills. And I think something we find about our key program is that we are able to customize the program for agencies. We were just speaking about a CIO program we are looking uh, to get up and running where we are able to meet the needs of people working in information technology and help them with both some of the, you know, the level of skill they need to understand about the technology and the layer of leadership that you can put on that. The people with only technology skills sometimes struggle to lead. The People with only leadership skills often fail to have that that connection to the field. So I think that's a good match for us.
0: So the classroom is a good place perhaps for the engineering mind and the managerial human capital centered mind to have a meeting of the minds.
1: Absolutely. And, that, and that's something, you know, we didn't hit on about the day of classes without quizzes. But I think something that makes it really unique is that the people who sit together in those classes were from different agencies. And it's not very often that you have different agencies working, you know, in the classroom together, uh, being, you know, learning new skills or talking about, uh, things that can happen and how you lead better in your organization. And so I think that both in uh, you know the event we throw and then also in some of the opportunities with open enrollment with key, we do get that nice mix that does allow for that collaboration.
0: Dr. Vicki Wilkins is dean of the American University School of Public Affairs. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: And Patrick Malone is director of the key executive leadership programs at AU. Thank you also. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
1: When you think about
2: something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on, and you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at Grifflesplasma.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person
1: or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.